Kate's Zone World. My guest this week is Jumbled, a.k.a. John Bachman. He's an excellent producer, and he runs the Harford and Record tape label. Before we get into it, I do want to say this Talk Singer Tour starts on Wednesday. This week we're playing Pittsburgh, Youngstown, Detroit, Grand Rapids, and Buffalo. So please do uh, check out tightwithfriends.com for these tour dates. As always, the artwork is by Mike Riley. Check him out at MikeRileyComics.com. And once again, we're being hosted by Splice Today. Check them out at SpliceToday.com. Let's Let's go go in. Um, I grew up on a farm in Hartford County up in Falston that my father grew up there his whole life. And my younger brother um, raises chickens. He has about 3,000 chickens. Um, He does this, I guess it's a business called Andy's Eggs that he does at Waverly Market. And he has things at Eddie's and a lot of restaurants around town. Um, And so that's usually what my summers entail for teaching. Like school ends, I take about maybe two or three days off and then go up there part-time helping with chickens because it's just it's a non-stop business and i liked it a lot and i still enjoy it a good bit but it was one of those things i went to actually went to school for agriculture because graduating from high school and teaching high school now i can really relate but i was like well i could do art but i also can't see making a living at art like painting or drawing or something like that i think that was that was my interest at the time but then i pursued agriculture and it kind of led me to where i am now but did not lead me to agriculture. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but my dad was um, full-time for a while and then became a, like a mechanic and then retired recently. And so he's like doing the farm. My, my younger brother does the farm full-time and I have an older brother that helps out a lot too. So, you, Was your dad doing chickens as well? He did mostly pigs in the 80s. XK was really big in Baltimore. Oh, yeah. Um, and I don't think it was necessarily like through Pigtown. I think that's more an older part part of Baltimore, but more towards like Essex and Dundalk. Mm. But he did pigs full time. I was renting land and kind of just not scraping by, but just kind of putting all these things together, just like using all of his resources and just trying to make money where he could. And then he started having kids. Like my older brother was born in seventy two. I was born in seventy nine. So at that point, it's just, and then my younger brother was born. I think he was like, all right, I need a full-time thing, insurance and all that type of yeah. thing. My mom was driving the bus, like a school bus at the time. So, I don't know. How did you, like, get into, like, the, like, musical oh, world? I, I don't know. Like Sometimes I think, not, I mean, I know that I'm not adopted, but it really seems like my family, my family always listened to music, but nobody that I know of in my family is musical. Yeah. Um, Shelter does is not... That far off, but, like, because all my friends grew up in neighborhoods and developments. Yeah. And, like, we could see how, I mean, it's a 70-acre farm, which is big, but it's not that big. Right, right. You could still see houses and neighbors, but would still, like, okay, I come home from school, I've got chores, and, you know, I couldn't, you know, go play soccer in the field kind of thing. Mm. So, but I think that was good, and I think when I went to college that I could see the difference that I was, I felt a little bit more mature than a lot of the people that had, I think there's just more more responsibility i guess yeah. and so when you meet other people your age when you're like 18 first year of college and they're like they don't know what to do with themselves or so i was <laughs> right, like this yeah. is not a big deal guys like, <laughs> <laughs> right. but getting i guess just kind of friends in high school that i'm still pretty close with that 
took me more into punk but then i was actually thinking about that this morning like certain friends that got me into like wu-tang and grave diggers and that kind of stuff and that was like and then you kind of i think getting into college you kind of like whoa i'm on my own i need to kind of explore different options and there were a lot of i went to university of maryland in college park so there was just there's a lot punk wise going on there but then also like like small pockets of hip-hop that i kind of discovered a little bit too yeah so well well yeah like how long have, have you been involved with the punk stuff and the the like grindcore stuff. I think in like two like two thousand two ish. It was like after nine eleven, like having friends that were in bands and then I think I just I just, like one of the high school friends like bought me a bass guitar and I was like, I don't know what to do with this and then it was like organically a friend from high school was in a band. It was like, Well, we need a bass player now. It's like all right. And so I did that for a while and we like did a couple tours, like one like a northeast tour and then like a nationwide tour and what band was that? It was a band called Kirum. K K E R U M. K E R U M. Um there's cool. a thing on Facebook recently that's like name thirty bands that you've played with or something. And yeah. so I was like I kind of off the top of my head and then emailed it to someone else, like, you know, can you like just who do you remember? And I was like, Oh yeah, I forgot about some of these guys but it just I it kind of became the dad of the band, and I didn't really want that responsibility. And even I play in like a uh, like a power pop band now that I'm still kind of like don't want all the responsibility and like the tour, like not tours, but like booking shows and that kind yeah. of thing. And it's just funny. Like I, I'm kind of naturally drawn to it, I guess, but don't necessarily want those responsibilities. Right, right. Um, but those bands, like, kind of evolved from one band to another. There was like a grindcore band, and like I did like a riot girl band with my friend Clint and his wife. And then actually started doing hip hop stuff with Clint. Oh, okay. Um, and then that turned into a couple other bands, and then just reached the point that I was just like not as into this music as I once was. Like I still got like I went to a like a noise core like a grindcore show last week, and so I'll see friends. And but I think the focus has been on hip hop stuff for a good while now. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's interesting. Like that. So you were like the dad of this original band. Yeah, and I, I know think... exactly what you mean. Like, <laughs> and I think most of the guys were. At least my age, if not older. So it's right, just like, right. well, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm going to email the Autobar. Maybe we can play the show. And it's like, oh, that that worked out. Okay. And then you kind of, yeah. you know. And you booked the, the nationwide tour? We kind of shared responsibilities. Yeah. Um, but it was one of those things like, hey. And like that was a, it was a great experience. It was kind of scary in times. Like, because I think the drummer had bought a van. And my older brother, who's a mechanic, like, and he's like, well, I can at least see what the major flaws are of this. And so he took yeah. a look at it and repaired some tires. But it got us to California and back in two weeks. So. Yeah. <laughs> two weeks? Two weeks. That's hardcore. I can't even I, I can't even imagine doing that now. I guess I was probably <laughs> like, you know, 25 at the time. It's yeah. Like, oh, my gosh. And so all the, you're saying all these different punk bands led to... Napalm death. I guess. Yeah. No, that makes sense. <laughs> no, it did. With, with, with I think at some point I was still, um, I had moved back home. I graduated from college and I lived in Canton for a little, like maybe a summer, moved back home for about a year, but then I moved back to the city. Um, and I think that's when I was like, all right, I've kind of figured out what I need to do. And so I got, uh, it's a role in SP, SP 303, like the older, smaller yeah. sampler, which I still use every, yeah. <laughs> not every day, but as much as I can. Um, but I didn't know what I was doing, I guess. And like, I, at some point I decided I needed a name, but I think it was more a Def Jam tribute for me. And then since we were doing the grindcore stuff, then Napalm yeah. Death kind of came along. Um, 
but it just made a tape. I had we had a friend that was in a group called Third Kind that was pretty big at the time. They were playing at Sonar. And I was like, oh, but we were friends. Like, and it's just, you know, maybe you want to rap on some of these tracks. And I made like three copies and I kept one and gave, I think Clint probably has the third one. Yeah, that guy was tight. Dwell. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I, I never heard the group, but I heard he, him. um He did a lot with them and then he kind of did some more like solo stuff kind of on his own. But he's yeah. like, like really good ear for recording. Like everything, the early stuff we did, we recorded with him and he mixed it. And like, I'm not. I enjoy mixing to an extent, but after like let's say twenty times listening to the same song, like I'm over it. Like yeah. I'm ready to move on. But he is very good at like refining and going back. Um, but he, it's not that he grew out of it, but he like he still does things. He's still active in recording, but it'll be like song here, song there, yeah. kind of thing. It, but I guess the kind of going with that, like giving him that tape, and then nothing really came out of that because he was just like, I'm doing these other things, and I have this other group, and yeah. they're got a little bit more experience, and so. I started doing stuff with Clint and kind of encouraged him to write. And he was always very poetic and like wrote, you wrote hardcore songs, but then he would do poetry on the side. And so I, it's hard. I don't want to make that comparison to like hip hop lyrics and poetry. Cause that's a whole separate thing. Right. right, right. <laughs> um, but then he, the things that he was writing were very elaborate and very intricate. And that kind of led me to get into it more. But then I've kind of, I've definitely I've stopped writing once altogether. Mm. Um, I think that's Cody, not Cody's fault, but that it reached that point that when you're like, you want to collaborate with people when somebody's like, I like your beats and it doesn't say I don't like your raps, but it's more like, you're really good beats. You should work on that. <laughs> and so I took it as not, not as a jab, but it's like, all right, that's, that's probably a good go in this direction. You're, you're better at that. So, mm. well, I mean, the original Napalm Def stuff, like that was always, I think like I first really got to know you when that group was kind of stopping yeah we only did a couple of couple of shows um it was clint had a lot going on um just kind of just like stuff he was married and things like that and just kind of a lot happy like life things yeah i'm trying to think the best way um and so i kind of gave him his space and we were still like you know we still were talking every day but just a lot going on and so I started doing more solo stuff because like, we, yeah, we would play a show, then we took some time off and then we played a couple more and it just became, there's just too much going on. So I was like, well, I don't want to wait. So I'm going to keep doing a little bit more myself. And so I think I did two solo albums where I produced most of it and then wrapped on all, but like two separate albums. And then kind of at that point, I was kind of hoping to like grow with it a little bit more and just nothing really happened. And so, What do you mean? I don't, I just kind of, I don't know, kind of hoping to re- get rewards. I don't know if rewards is the best word, but like kind of some recognition, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> you want people. Like a sign. Yeah. People would like to kind of get back to you like, this is really great. And there were a few people and there still are, but yeah. like, it just kind of was like, oh, what am I doing this for? And it's not as, it was a lot more effort than I thought it would be, I guess. And so I kind of laid low for a while and that's. I think, yeah, like, one of the, I played in Pittsburgh, and that's when I started, like, I think I'd met Cody once before, but then we kind of started talking more, and he was like, oh, you should send me some stuff, and so I was like, all right. I don't know what I expected. I don't know. I felt like I put a lot of effort into it, and I was like, you know, I kind of geared up a little bit more. It's like, I'm going to make this a little bit more professional, and then just nothing really panned out, and, like, I was booking shows and then not really getting offers in return. Right. And it wasn't the greatest stuff. I mean, I can admit that now, but it wasn't terrible. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um. 
Yeah, I think it's kind of what I needed though, because like I just I enjoyed it more, and that was kind of the thing transitioning from bands to like I don't need to find two or three other people to make music with. I can go in my basement and make this myself, yeah. and you know I can go to spend an hour in a record store and find some good stuff, you know, for cheap, and come in still, and that's 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 my Saturdays and Sunday mornings. Like unless there's anything else going on, like I'll get up at like seven o'clock and make some coffee and then just go work on stuff until my wife gets up and then we'll like go do you know yeah, go do yeah. something <laughs> yeah but just it's like therapeutic for me i think like with your tape label like the um our only escape mm-hmm. mixes for me that was kind of like really inspiring because I feel like you really, like, dug deep into, like, <laughs> all this different stuff. Yeah. So, like, how did you, like, curate that whole thing? I think um, there was a label, I don't think they're active anymore, called, I think it's Sassbaloney. I think uh-huh. it's, like, that's the two words. Um, this guy, Corey, I think he's in Iowa. He had done one or two versions, and I ordered one from him just to check it out. And it's one of those things you're like, this is underground hip-hop, but it was very lo-fi. I mean, he was doing some yeah. punk stuff, too. And so I think at one point, I was like, oh, I should do something like that. I was more like, you know, are you going to do another one? And he was like, no, I'm doing other things. And he's like, does a lot of drawings and designs and like yeah. paintings and stuff now. It's pretty busy. Um, and I was like, I can put out a tape. It's not that hard. And like, I'd always been into tapes. And Clint had a pretty big label that he was doing a lot of grindcore stuff with. And then he got more into vinyl. Um, and so I kind of talked to him a little bit about it, but it's like, all right, I'm going to order these tapes. And I think I ordered a hundred, which is at the, at the time was too many, mm. <laughs> but you just don't, you have to kind of figure these things out. And so I just would dub them at home. And I think I stenciled the cover, like I photocopied it a little bit, but then I just like hand stenciled it. And I've like, uh, this guy is real, is real from Atlanta. I think he's changed his name to Lukey cage, but like he came to Baltimore. He's like, I still have that tape, you know, it's hanging on my wall, but that was definitely a very MySpace thing. Like, you know, we'd check somebody out and then you could like kind of keep track of them. And I kind of yeah. miss that. There aren't many things. I mean, I guess you can still do that, but it's just not the same with Facebook. Like the music isn't right there, yeah. I guess. Um, unless somebody puts something directly and then you kind of get bombarded with that kind of stuff. Um, but it was more like, let's try this. And so that was the first one. And I sent, sent everybody copies. I don't, I don't remember. But then it's like, all right, well, what's next? And I think I'd finished my first album at that point, and like I'd set up a, like my first band camp for that album, which is like <laughs> I think like two thousand nine, I think. Yeah. Um, but then I did PTs, Paper Cranes, and did like pretty. I, at this point, I don't know how many I did. I think there was another thing. I ordered a hundred, and I would make copies, and like I've sold a few. But then he had a bunch for tours and that kind of thing, and just kind of kept building from there like the last i was just thinking this morning like the last one i did was easy jackson back when we had like snow so like whatever that was <laughs> right right um but i had like i guess we had right before you guys went on that tour i got him those copies or something yeah yeah that's right which that's has been right. a while yeah but it's it's crazy like there's so many tape labels now and they're very big ones and they'll put you know 200 copies or something and then they'll sell out and i i don't know i'm kind of skeptical i think <laughs> that some of these labels like are people really buying that many tapes i mean i'm sure throughout the world there are but it's a good question man like i've done i've been doing runs of 25 and that's a pretty manageable thing i could get yeah. and like talking to other people and they're like oh i'm definitely gonna need a couple hundred i'm like look baby steps like even because i want to do that secret weapon dave mix and i talked right. to him i saw him on sunday and i think he wants to do it as a Put them on both on one tape. Oh, cool. Which is, it's a long tape. <laughs> yeah. 
And so, but I'm excited. He seemed into it. And I'm going to try to do like a little mock up and show him. But let's like, let's do 25. And if they sell out, we can make more. It's yeah. so much easier instead of like, I don't know. Just, I'm not sitting on product because at, at some point you just like, right, I'm going to reuse this for something else. Totally. Like, I don't know. It's, I've kept it very cheap. And like for a while, it was just like eBaying other records. So it's like, I mean, I have bills and responsibilities. I can't spend that money on tapes. Totally. <laughs> totally. I don't think my wife would like that. <laughs> <laughs> I think, it, yeah, it's an awesome thing, too, to be able to be like, yeah, I have 25 people that will buy yeah. it. So and if there's more, that's great. Tapes. Like, and, yeah, exactly. But I'm just, I, I'm really trying to figure out, because it's like, I want to keep some and sell, but like, I don't really get out that much. And I think Jimmy from Friends, I think, said he was like, cutting down on work so he could go to more events. I'm like, that's, I should get out more and try to sell more. Like, mm. Lamadon did a tape swap and there's a cassette day in October, but I'm trying to line something up the night before and it's not working out. So, but I'll let you know. If that oh works yeah. Out too. <laughs> like, how did you start to get involved with the beat trip nights and everything? Um, I think when I had put out my second album, I went to a show at the Bell Foundry, which is where a lot of those guys live now. So it's kind of funny. Um, that guy Gage, who was here for a little while, oh, yeah. the guy Grant, um, he had set up the show, and there's this guy Taylor, who's from Northeast Maryland. Diligence opened the show. And I'm I'm hard pressed to remember kind of I think Gage was on there and like this guy Voss from Philly played mm. the show too so it was a really cool show and like it was a really good crowd and um I think I just kind of followed like talked to Dylan a little bit online and then he moved to California and came back and that's when I was like really like all right I've finished like my real B tape this is and stuff I think is good enough for people other people to hear and so it worked out like that but I didn't. I don't know. It's the whole concept of a beat scene was one. There wasn't anything like that here that no. I knew of. And just like, you know, people going out and just playing their beats live. It's just like, wow, this is, this is pretty awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, I really think that I'm more from the camp of, I would be content having someone rap on every beat. And I feel like a lot of people are not like that. Um, you know, if I could just put everything online and being, you know, we talked about getting paid, but that's a whole separate thing. But just like, Hey, if you like this beat and you want to rap on it and you're not terrible, <laughs> that would yeah. be cool. Um, but there's some stuff that just kind of stands alone. Um, but I think I just didn't know how to perform stuff. Like, I was just, like, taking songs. And sometimes, you know, if you were just making music in your basement, like, this sounds great. Then you play it live and people are like, what's happening to this mm. song? And it's like, this part, then this part, then this part. And so it really kind of coached me to, like, you know, people, especially for freestyling, they just want loops. And you can yeah. change it up, but you can't change the tempo that much. And I've seen some people at B-Trip almost, like, try to conduct the crowd. It's like, no, that's not what people are here for. Like, no, no, stop rapping here, but you wait for it. Oh, right, right, right. <laughs> like, like, no, that's, that's not how it works. So it's, I've become much more prepared, like, because I played last night. It's like, all right, I've got these songs and they're similar tempos. It's like, I'm going to jump from this part to this part and just like keep it moving. And I, I like what I'm doing because I feel like everybody, I don't want to say like new school, old school, but I have a very like old school, like break B. And I feel like a lot of people don't do that as much anymore, or at least in this circle. Right. There right. are many people doing that. Um, That's what I liked about, um, I mean, the night I went that you were, you were playing. Mm -hmm. It was like, I like that you brought that element to it, you know? Because, it, like, it didn't feel like, and now we're going back to the 90s. <laughs> or, you know, like, like if it still felt like modern, but it's like... I think people that don't... A lot of the kids... Are, I don't want to say kids. I sound like an old man. But, like, people that don't really listen to that kind of stuff, 
they still feel comfortable with it. And yeah. like, you know, and I, I think that's what kind of bugs me is like, oh, you know, you sound great over my stuff, you know, you know, you just exchange information and then that's not what they intend to do at all. Like they just want a very modern feel to their music. That's fine. Like, mm. That's, that's the thing. But then I have some people we're talking about the NASA people, like they're just so comfortable and they still can kind of walk the line between both, but also like they, they can rock my stuff really well. Yeah. <laughs> I guess yeah. that's the best way to say. Are like, they, are they kind of like your ideal guys right now? Kind of. Yeah. Like I've done, I was doing a first Friday thing at 16 tons for, I guess about a year. I kind of yeah, took a break. I made it, made it out it, to one of those. It was one of those things. Like it was really cool. And the guy, Daniel that runs the shop, um, I think I always wanted to become a bigger thing, like not within the store, but I was like, you know, I'm, I'm getting really great people to come and play. And like, you know, everyone like, it's not, not connected, but just like everybody knows everybody. And so I figured people would kind of pass through and it just never really took off. And maybe it's a promotion thing on my end. Maybe it was just a timing thing. Because it was usually like earlier in the evening too. Like it was like kind of wrapped up by nine. That's kind of on purpose, right? Yeah. So, I mean, that's the, well, yeah. like the store hours and everything. Yeah. And like they would have drinks. And like there were times it was really cool. And people were like, we had horn players come in and like, you know, like just I had great. It started out with this guy felt that had moved here from California and like we have, I thought we had similar styles, but then he just had a bunch of like family things, and so I was like, "Well, I'll just invite some other people." And yeah, I've it was people I didn't necessarily know, but like I, you know, I knew from the scene. But it's like now I know them better. Like, and it's kind of that's how it should be. You know, we like yeah. talk and hang out a little bit, and you know, not network. I hate that word, but <laughs> but kind <laughs> of, yeah, yeah. Um, but then like the NASA guys would come in, and they they work a lot with Teclon, who is I think he's moving to California soon for a little while. Um. But they they would show up about an hour and a half late, but then they would freestyle for about an hour and a half straight. Mm. <laughs> and the first time it happened, I was like, "This is crazy!" And I really thought I was gonna like be received poorly, like, "Oh, we should change it up." Literally, it was like, "No, everyone was into it. It was fantastic." Yeah. <laughs> and that's the yeah. We did a thing last night, and it's kind of like more like a supernatural thing, like the rapper, not the. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Nick, who's double god body, he's got fifteen different names. Um, but I sent him a thing on Twitter. I was like, you know, I'm going to just write down a bunch of words, like make a little list. And like, we turned the lights up and everything. And I just had like a drum break play for like, you know, three or four minutes. I was like, just, I'm going to show you a word and just whenever you get around to it, get around to it. So hopefully the video is up for that soon. But it's just like, I'm going to write down daggers and Michelle Obama and Kermit the Frog and just have him like weave his way through this like nonsense story. But like. See what he can do. And yeah. like, I, I kind of wanted to challenge other people, but I was like, I only wrote down 15 things. And I went through it <laughs> right, like right. a minute and a half. So I was like, all right, I guess that's that. <laughs> that's Look, step your game up. <laughs> did you do some of Butch Dawson's album as I well? I did one track. I did the Pistol Pete song, which if you listen to it, it's like, wow, this is very separate. Um, and it was one of those things. I'm trying to remember when. I think I... On Facebook, there's different, like, sampling groups where they, like, throw out a sample, like, and, like, oh, I'll have it posted by Sunday, and then we'll, and, like, it's oh, yeah. it's so tight, like, just finding the time to do that, and this was one that, like, I don't want to say what it was. <laughs> sure. But um, it put it out there, I was like, wow, this is really cool, it sounds like a Rock Marciano kind of thing, like, yeah. like, that kind of feel, and so I was like, all right, like, and I didn't meet the deadline, but I, like, within the next week, I finished it, and I sent it to someone else that just kind of was busy, never got back to me, I was like, oh, you know. Send it to Butch. Maybe he's into it. And then I was actually taking a training like a for school. I like checked my Twitter. He's like, oh, the album's out. And I was like looking at the track list. And I'm like, 
he produced all these tracks except this one that he picked of mine, and he yeah. still plays it live a lot. And That's awesome. It's I, I played the beat last night, and someone's like, "I didn't know you made this." It's like, yeah. It's, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's it's just I don't know. I'm trying to do some more stuff with him. I earlier on I sent him a track back when I did the I think one of the first beat trips. I had tapes, and he was like, oh, you know, we should get together and work on stuff. And so I gave him a tape, and he kind of looked at me like, what do you want me to do with this? <laughs> like, mm. And I was like, I'll just email you. He's like, okay, that's, <laughs> that's better. <laughs> I was like, oh, never mind, thanks. <laughs> I never even thought of that. Like a kid being like, I've never even seen a tape player. <laughs> There's so many things with kids at school. That I think the big one for me that is... We'll, like around September 11th, we'll like have a, like you know warm up activity, and it's like where were you on September 11th? And like I was in college, and I have you know pretty good not yeah. good memory, but like remember when it happened. And like kids that I teach now, they're like, oh, I was one, so I don't really remember. Yeah. <laughs> it's like all right, I guess we can't do that activity anymore. <laughs> like, what is your experience like in general being being a teacher? It's weird. <laughs> Um, I was I was in Hartford County for eight years, and it's like one of those things I never thought I would be. And it's very like sink or swim. I think is the best way to say like if you're into it and you enjoy it and you like get some pleasure out of it, then that's great. But there are some people that just get so burnt out by the third week of school that when they leave, you're just like, okay, that's I'm glad you made this decision, life decision to like move yeah. on. But it's just it's a lot of work. It's just more preparation, and I don't know. I've seen some really cool things. I was really involved at my old school, but this is my fourth year at the school in the city. And like they're, they're ups and downs and just more like, how can you look out for these kids and kind of like help them out and point them in the right direction without like doing everything for them. Yeah. Cause it's like, I mean, me growing up on a farm in Hartford County is so different from kids growing up on the West side. And oh yeah. <laughs> Cause like last year was weird just like with weather and then like riots and just, like, trying to navigate through all that. And so this year is kind of like, all right, you know, we have a new administrator, so things are good, but it's still kind of on shaky ground. Like, they might close our school this year, so we're just kind of, like, waiting to see what happens with all of that. And Yeah. It's, huh. <laughs> <laughs> they have, like, they have a, a board that evaluates the schools, and I think there's certain things that, certain marks that have to meet in parent involvement, and it's just, there were a lot of things that could have been better. So hopefully we're waiting to see. How do you feel about having a real job <laughs> and and also having this kind of other real summer job and then like <laughs> doing like music and a label on top of that? I was thinking about Mad Lib. Like Mad Lib like apparently has the legend is that he has like this building that he goes to and then you see pictures and it's all records and oh, it's like, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like is that his I mean that is his day job and I can't imagine that being something like, you have to do that to survive. Like, if you were a painter, like, you have to crank out paintings and sell paintings. And it's like, that seems like it would suck all the joy out of it. And I think that's kind of the, I think that's the ambition behind that. Like, I have a job and I enjoy it and I'm doing well. And there's, I guess, room to grow. But then music stuff, it's like, it's fun and it's a release. It's like, I wish I could do it more. Yeah. And it's like, it's a, it's a financial thing. And then it's just a time management thing. And just, you know, I'm married and I want to hang out with my wife and do other stuff. And not just, like... I'm going to stay and make beats all weekend and not leave right, the house. Right. <laughs> I think I just couldn't handle that pressure. And I think for what I do, it's not really, you know, 
am I going to sell beats to Rockham? Like at this, <laughs> you never know. I know. I think Wendell Patrick is doing an album with Rockham. Holy shit! <laughs> That's what I heard, at least. Um, I could believe. I I think that's just it. Like I want it to be a fun thing and like you know not a pressure thing. And the pressure, if anything, it's the pressure for me. Like I want to get this finished or make this sound better, and you know have somebody if somebody is going to collaborate, like you know having them like okay, this is a good length, or you know can we clean this part up? And I think I have difficulty like constructive criticism is hard. I think sometimes <laughs> like I have a um I was working with a rapper in Philly named Cornelius the Third, and oh, so yeah. still am. He's like a hobo rapper i think that's yeah. his thing <laughs> um but he like i would send him a track and he's like well there's a buzz and oh well, can you fix this and it's like this is all gonna make it sound better in the end but it's just like oh yeah i guess uh. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. like, no, and that goes back to like all right I've, I've heard this enough i'm ready to like and that's like i was talking to somebody last night i was like it would be nice to like have you know, somebody like, all right, this is how I want it. Can you make that like to find some? And there are people out there, but yeah. then, then it goes into the money issue, and and I've eluded mastering so far. And at some point, I'm gonna have to. It's gonna catch up with me. Yeah, <laughs> I did start doing a B club at school last year. Um, I'm trying to think. What's the best way to get? Like, I kind of thought about it, but like, I've, I'm still pretty new to Ableton. I don't know what I'm doing. I mean. I know a little bit with Ableton, but not to the extent of some people that I know. Um, and so I had this idea. I was like, well, how do I get this? I have a computer lab in my school that I use for engineering classes. And I was like, well, there's a program and it's pretty because you can go buy a version of Ableton for like $100 and you can get three or four computers for that. Yeah. And so apparently there's an educational version. So in my mind, that was like, well, that's free. And like, no, actually, that's like $1,200 or something, but you can, it's unlimited. Whoa. So, like, I could put it on every computer in the school. Right. And so I reached out to Ableton. I sent them an email, and it happened to be an old, a person from Hartford County that I was actually in a band with. Just oh, sure. totally small world yeah. thing. And he was like, oh, well, you know, we can get you this rate. And I was like, okay. And so I did a, I think I did a GoFundMe just to try it. And I've done, like, a because like, education is very big on, like, donors choose because you can get people all over the world will donate for things. And so I did a GoFundMe, and I just had friend, a lot of friends contributed, and then like family friends, and like, it's like, well, this is our goal. If I think if we raise six hundred, we actually got a little bit more, and they were just like, they just knocked it down, like whatever the price was. Yeah, maybe I'm not supposed to say that, <laughs> but they totally like you know, because it was just like we want to do this, and like so we raised the money as quickly as we could, and I like, reached the point. I was like, well, I have this much, and they're like, okay, that's fantastic. Like we're just yeah. we're excited that you want to do this, and so I've put it on half the computers in my lab and i had a it's been a rough start this year but i think i'm getting back to that point it's interesting like i know enough to like you know we can do a drum part and a bass part and organs and then these kids come in and they just want to like layer drum tracks like this sounds this is a great beat it's like no we need to do a little bit more with that so, mm. <laughs> but they get so excited about it i think that's the whole thing and it's like there are a lot of aspiring rappers i think in my school and i think that's what they want like an open mic where they can just come in and i was like i'm into that but we also have to keep it school appropriate and not. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Because the rap that they listen to is not what I'm into. I mean, I'll, I'm very open minded. I like, I'll listen to the stuff they like, but I'm just like, no, that's not for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and what, like, so that's interesting. Are, are there kids that have particularly stuck with it? A few. Yeah. Um, and it's just more for fun. I had a lot of middle schoolers towards the end of the year. And it's more, I think it is a promotional thing. Like, how do I get out and show these kids, like, this is what we're doing. And I, we had a little bit for an open house. 
but I think it's still overwhelming because I mean Ableton in particular is a very dense program and when you look at that you're like there's so many buttons yeah. <laughs> it's like where do I even begin so I think I'm really going to hit the ground running next week with that and like maybe I can just like set up or I, I think I might make a video actually and send it to some of the other teachers like can you show this this is what we're doing and this is what this sounds like you know you can make stuff that sounds like on the radio yeah you know do I don't think we can do 64th in Ableton but there's probably a trick for that <laughs> That's what the kids want. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, have you ever watched that show Rhythm Roulette? Yes. Like, I, I've been, like, fascinated by that recently. Just, like, like I've been getting more into making, like, sample-based mm-hmm. beats myself and stuff. And, and just watching how people do it. And what would, like, what would your Rhythm Roulette look like? Like, what is a, <laughs> like, what is a normal, like production day for you Um, how does it go i'd say most of it sample wise maybe yeah probably drums too or our vinyl based um i'm lucky i was in our basement for a while like we have a house and that has a basement but it just i was in the basement a lot so my wife asked because we have like a guest room and like a little office and so i moved everything upstairs so i'm in there a good bit um but i have like a shelf with like records like collection of records yeah. but then i have stuff that's just like dollar bin records that are on the floor and so just kind of like skimming and finding something and then i've been doing a lot more like breakbeat records i think that's kind of where i transitioned because i was making everything on a drum machine but not very well and i mean if you listen to the older stuff it's so much sloppier mm. <laughs> i guess because i would make a break on a drum machine and then loop it and then feed it in but now it's like I'll take a break and I've been trying to do more like playing the sampler yeah like people use like the NPC and everything like that to like for the drum parts and kind of breaking it up a little bit more um yeah I mean I for the most part it's pretty simple like I'll yeah. find you know two or three different parts and then the drum part and try to at least a bass line or some type of like underlying tone but then sometimes if it's like just keeping it simple for me like I don't you know I Wish I really wanted to, Mad Lib was on a radio show in you know, England, and there was a soundbite of him saying like, you know, I don't understand why people make beats or songs longer than four minutes. Like it's too much. Yeah. And I and I went back to go sample that specific thing, and it's like I think they they're really quick on pulling those shows down. Mm. But it's like for I've I don't have ADD that I'm aware of, but it's just like the attention span. Like I mean, if you look at stuff that I have online, like everything is maybe two and a half minutes or shorter. Oh, yeah. Like. And so, uh, like when you send it out to people, they're like, "Can you can you make that longer? Like I have, you know, more than eight bars that I want to say." <laughs> it's like, all right, fine. Well, I feel like I saw you mm-hmm. rock the shortest show in the history of, of rap, <laughs> like, which really got me fired up. It mm-hmm. was it was billed as a Napalm Death show. Okay. It was just you. Okay, and you you did you had like the three o three. You did five songs. And I feel like they were each like forty five seconds. <laughs> Could have been. And it was, it, and, oh, and like your explanations. It was at Charm Charm City Art yeah. Space. Your explanations were like longer than the songs. <laughs> I thought it was so, you'd be like, "This is a song about when people want to get on the guest list. But <laughs> there's no room on the guest list." And then it's like the super <laughs> short song. It's like, "No, you can't get on the guest list." I don't know if that is because. Of like a punk thing, just like, but even like I play in a power pop band now, and I'm very big on like, 
we'll do six, like six songs and they're all like three or four minutes long like a normal band yeah and like at a reach a point i'm like all right we're playing for too long you know people are it's not that people are getting bored or restless it's just like in my mind it's like i don't want to like overstay i think right, like because right. just like going to shows and like watching like even listening to songs it's like all right this song's on its like third verse and it's still not really you're not saying anything new that you haven't said before i'm just like all right next that's kind of the problem with the ipod or whatever yeah I'm just like that's eh, good <laughs> i think especially like on a local thing like oh well you know you're playing this week but i can also like feel like me come see me in a couple weeks i'm playing right, right, I, right i don't need to play for 45 minutes to my friends like, right right exactly i don't know i've always I've, I've always been like that and like playing in punk bands it was nice because like we would never play that long and like, yeah at one point i did start playing in a stoner band because like kind of a black sabbathy kind of thing and it's just like songs are too long <laughs> and it was fun it was a great time but it's like I don't know, it just wasn't my speed and i'm not like a a hyper person like i'm pretty you know i think i'm a pretty mellow person but i don't i don't know just the, the urgency of it i guess oh yeah <laughs> get in like i'd rather like all right i'm gonna play and then i want to hang out and talk and like you know go get a bite tea and come back and yeah so what well, what is this new band uh it's called soft peaks um I stopped doing bands pretty much in general, and then my wife went to school in Greensboro, North Carolina, Guilford, and so some of the people that were in bands there, like, slowly started moving, like, a lot of her college friends have slowly moved to Baltimore, um, and so it was, like, two guitar players that were in this band called Health, but, like, not the, not the band Health that's still active. Um, they were just, like, rural, like, low-key, like, not country, but kind of in that vein, like, yeah. kind of low, slow, mellow stuff. Um and so we started playing, but the the main guitar player is very like pop sensibility. So we'd write these like short, like two and a half minute catchy pop songs. And I guess we've been active for about two years, but then he's actually gone back to school. So we've kind of like taken some time off, but it's been more like playing in punk stuff where it's like short songs and like, you know, doing last beats or whatever cool. to like playing like pop punk power, you know, power pop type stuff. It's, yeah. like, it's like, I'm actually need to get better at drumming and it's one of those things like i should be practicing every day because like i have this space and it's nice but it's just like you get home and just time escapes you and so it's been good like we've played a handful of shows like kind of i guess for about two years we've been active but just like there's you get older people have kids and yeah. full-time jobs and it's like well maybe we can practice this sunday maybe take a week off kind of thing but kind of just been laying low for a little while people going back to school and everything so. yeah just a totally different change of pace of like i've liked that kind of music but i've never really been involved with it so it's kind of nice yeah oh that's cool was there anything anything else you want to mention um i think just overall i'm finishing a solo album i've got a lot of people lined up with and then with nick from nas i don't know how official it is like we're trying to do an album and in my mind it's a very like med villain thing like trying to like collaborate and go back and forth a little yeah. bit with um, I did one club EP of like some Baltimore club kind of like throwback stuff. Yeah. Um, oh, can we talk about that a little sure. bit? So, <laughs> not to no. You know, there's all these breaks on there that I've heard before, yeah. but I really don't know what. The, I feel like I only know what like two of those breaks. Okay, are like like do you, how like how did you like figure <laughs> it out? Um, I think most of that, everything on that project, and there was only like like six or seven songs, I think. Um, that goes back to the whole, those songs are a minute, most of them yeah. are so short. <laughs> um, I have, not an extensive, but I have a pretty big club collection on vinyl. Mm-hmm. And then I started 
I've done a couple like single tracks where I was like more kind of taking because like disco is very similar tempo to me and just like through, I've never heard much because Baltimore Club stuff is more house based at least the older stuff like yeah. you know the Miss Tony and that kind of stuff like it's a real slow transition from what I hear um, and so I just was kind of going through the records I had and that's kind of it, I didn't mean for it to be like that because you can go online and find like different club breaks and that kind of stuff but it was like, all right, what can I borrow from these songs without, like, stealing? Because it is, uh, there have been certain people that have, like, taken credit for club songs where it's like, well, actually, this is somebody else's beat that you're just, like, taking credit for. Right, that, that's um, always confusing. Like, one of those guys but (laughs) you don't believe that (laughs) but he like some people really called him out and i didn't want that to happen i was like this is an homage like i've been listening to this stuff forever but there's still people like shorts that are still very active and making modern club songs and i was like well this to me like kind of like with my hip-hop stuff it's like it's very like this is to me is the golden era and like i like this stuff and some of the songs are so simple but in a good way like they're very catchy and repetitive and so I just had certain drum parts and then certain either like, you know, a sample, like a violin sample or something from a disco record would line up. And I just kind of got creative with it just to see what I could do. And I was like, wow, I really like, and it was very like, that was one of the few times like, I'm going to mix this down. I'm going to go listen to the car. All right, I got to come back and fix this. Yeah. And, and so I'm trying to do some more, but I, I didn't want to keep sampling. Like you were saying, you like, you recognize this beats, but that's kind of club in general. Like, I mean, there are people that make their own, but a lot of the stuff, like, even if you go back through, like, they're all using, the, like, the Lynn Collins break. Right, right, You know, and it's in a hundred different songs, but it's a different song, and they just kind of change it a little bit. Yeah. Add one little part. And so I started, like, sampling each individual, like, a you know, the kick or the snare kind of thing. And then how can I change it up so it doesn't sound exactly like that? And that's what I'm trying to do now. Like, I probably have 10 or 12 songs that I'm trying to figure out and then trying to collaborate with some people. Because I like the idea of, like, Rod Lee, where he'll just, like, rap or, like, talk over these songs. But oh, I, don't, yeah. I don't think I have the voice for that. Mm. <laughs> so hopefully I can find some other people that would be interested in that. And I don't know. It's just, it's kind of a break. Just, like, all right, I'm going to work on this stuff for a while. Like, all right, I'm going to come here. And it's still in the same vein, but it's really a different thing. Yeah. And, like, I've never really, it's dance music. Like, I've never really kind of messed with that too much. And Yeah. But it's a simple, like... Yeah. It's not straying too far from what I know, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I feel like you really locked down the the feeling of it. Like okay. like cuz I I I am kind of the same way as far as like I'm not really too amped on like the like Little John era yeah. of Baltimore <laughs> Club. Like, like, like but I feel like the, you, I I like the older stuff better, but I feel like you even just I don't I don't know I feel like it's so abrasive mm. like old Baltimore Club I feel yeah, like you really it's very like, sexual yeah <laughs> there's but, so many I'm like whoa <laughs> <laughs> but just like the production is so like <laughs> yeah it's it's so like hard and like not like polished really yeah. like they, they just let things like clip yeah or like things will, like <laughs> the next thing will like start not exactly on time or something I like, think I don't know who wrote it for this like. They did like a top twenty for the summer thing in the city paper, and I got it. I was like flipping through. I was like, "Oh, I know this person." And I was like, "Oh, that's a guy mentioned in there." Yes. And I think the um, I can't remember the exact quote, but it was like you know, in a 
basement full of weed smoke and an elbow on the keyboard. I'm like, well, I don't smoke weed, but you know, I, I get the, the the notion. I was like, that's that's a nice thing yeah. to say. <laughs> but it's just, I don't know. It just, it's fun. Like, I don't know. I don't want to interject. I mean, there's so many people that do that that are still doing it that have been doing it for a while. Yeah. I don't know because I just I listened to that stuff in high school and like even. When I kind of came back to the city, that's when, it, like, K-Swift was really blowing up. Yeah. And, like, Rod Lee had put out, like, the Dance My Pain Away. And that's when it was huge. And I was, like, kind of fell back in love with it since then and trying to keep up with it. But, I don't know. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, cool, man. So, well, sorry for that tangent. No, but, um, um, that's fine. I kind of wanted to talk about it. I thought about <laughs> making a list. I was like, that seems lame. Like, <laughs> no, I'm just... Yeah. Cool. Just trying to finish stuff up and... Trying to work with some new people. Well, thanks again for coming on. Thank you. All right. Thanks again to my man. See you next week.